Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cherry's World is brought to you by Less Is More Events. Get live. Welcome to Cherry's World. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Cherry's World. Today we got Mr. Motivational Speaker, Mr. Author, Mr. Anthony O'Neill in the house. His best-selling books is Graduate Survival Guide, Five Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make in College, and Debt-Free Degree. That's right, Mr. O'Neill is a financial advisor who is passionate about getting our kids through college without having them end up in debt. So without further ado, Cherry's World, please welcome Mr. Anthony O'Neill. This is Cherry's World. Making Memory Sale Series. It's a sale that allows families and people in our communities in any city, state, or showtime to attend a series of events at a lower price than most, such as like the Trolls Live, Disney on Ice, the Universal Soul Circus, concerts, sports, and more. Contact Less Is More Events at 202 930 3533. Again, that's 202-930-3533. Visit the website, com. They're on social media, Facebook, IG, Twitter. Less is more events. Get out and lime. Hey, if you're listening to Cherry's World Podcast on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, please give us a five star. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review. I want to hear from you. Thank you. Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at cherriesworldpodcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard. Welcome to Cherry's World. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Anthony O'Neill in the house. He has a passion for getting students through college debt free. <laughs> That's me, man. I love it, man. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Are you kidding me? Thank you. So, Courtney, let me tell you, Anthony got my attention because I was being nosy on Instagram and I saw this video that he recorded about how he was dating this young lady and he liked this young lady. This young lady had gone out on a couple of days with him and then she asked him, hey, can we go to such and such restaurant, right? (laughs) Anthony said, let me get back to you. He went and he looked at his budget and his finances and he said, you know what? It's kind of out of my budget this month, but I can take you next month if you'd like to go. Mm. Long story short, she was pissed. <laughs> they him no more because he had a budget. Right. Wow. So I reached out to Anthony and was like, yo, you done ducked the bullet. You ain't need to be with the scallywag anyway, because that's not the kind of woman you need. First of all, I just want to tell my side of the story real quick and then we can get into it. The way I was raised, if I asked you, hey, let's go to Crustaceans in LA, right? Crustaceans, I know the bill's going to be about $200 at least. I asked you out. So the bill is mine. Really? Yes. That's the first I've ever 
ever heard of that. I've heard the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had a lady come with that perspective. It's like anytime we go out to eat, if it's a date, the brother pays for it, no matter who brings it up. Unless it's your birthday or something like that. Is she taking you for your birthday? Other than that, I have never seen a situation where. So I have been living life wrong because to me, I grew up with the, I have a job. I've always had a job. You don't just expect anybody to do anything. So if you've been kind to me and you pick up the bill one time, thank you. That's nice. But next time we go out, it's mine. Because that's not just one person's responsibility. Have I been living life wrong, ladies, gentlemen? Help yeah. me out. Yeah, because I, I would feel like <laughs> I would feel like I owe you something. Like, <laughs> like, man, you paying for me? Do I have to sleep with you? Like, I wouldn't even know how to react. To- <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, whoa, wait. I mean, I love the concept, and I think that's a dope concept. But that will completely trip me out because I'm a man. So I believe in in treating the woman with the utmost respect. And I don't have a problem taking care of the bill. But check this out. That bill was going to be about $500. So it was like two, $225 per person on the second date. So for me, I was like, yo, we can go. But let's do it next month. And I, I didn't really know if I even liked her like that to take her out on the second date. So if a girl, if a woman come to me and say, yo, I'll cover the tab. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to think. I really don't know. Okay, I need to ask questions about that too. And this, I'm so happy that you're on because he does do relationship stuff. And so <laughs> I have been told over and over that I have a way of emasculating men. Oh. And okay. so the past six years of my life, I've been really working on my womanhood. Okay. Because I've been told I don't know how to let a man be a man. Mm. And I don't think that that's my problem. I think maybe I haven't known too many men that I've dated. I have very Uh, many men in my life. I have mm -hmm. eight brothers. I have beautiful male relationships. You know, I have a great man now, but before him, I guess I always kind of wore the pants because I felt like I had to. (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, I think guys, man, I think what we do, we tend to fear what we get fearful of those type A chicks, you know, the, the ladies that are very strong, independent, make a man that feels like um, she doesn't need us. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm just of the opposite side. You know, if you give me the opportunity to be a man, you'll never have to wonder if I'm a man or not. You know, um, I think I was a man by simply telling her like, yo, my priorities um, is my budget. I set my budget before I met you. And so um, I'm going to stick to that budget. And to me, that's a man. I think a boy in the grown up man's body would have been like, yeah, I'll change and miss out on the bill or do something else. Um, but for me, it's just like, yo, my priorities are my priorities. One day you want to become my priority. When you become that priority, that's a man. I'm going to take care of that priority. So for me, I've never, I've never had a woman make me feel less than a man or anything like that. I mean, I, she didn't date me, so it was cool. But um, I love, I love it. So I, that's new for me, yo. I've never heard a woman say both of those things. You, you throwing me off tonight. Well, I gotta really? ask, I gotta ask you a question. Now, that's easy. I ain't gonna say it's easy, but that's that's the situation with a woman you're dating. Um, and I, I personally, I don't think you owe her anything. I don't think if you just ain't had it, haven't had it, then just say, nah, I'm busy. Oh, but that's just me. But whatever. But how would you have reacted to? your let's just say you got a relationship now you with your woman right and she wants to go out and you ain't got it but what would you do because it's different i don't have it i'm gonna tell her if i don't have it i'm gonna tell her the truth baby girl i don't have it yet i'm talking about this your woman don't have it that's my woman so i'm gonna tell her the truth man i believe a man gotta man gotta keep it 100 with his woman um you know for me i'm gonna have it you know because i mean that's one of the, I'm not a perfect brother, but when it comes to my finances, I'm good in that area. Uh, but if I didn't have it, like you said, I'm letting her know I don't have it just yet. But give me, give me a minute. I'm working there. You know, I'm gonna be 100 with her all the, especially. Here's the thing: if it was my woman, she's gonna know up front before she even asks me if she has it, if I have it, uh, because I'm very vocal about my finances and where I am, what's my goals, what I'm doing, and what I'm working on. So if it was my woman, she wouldn't even ask me if she already knew. I didn't have the money. But why does she have to ask you? Because like, if I was your woman, right? 
and I knew mm-hmm. you didn't have it and I want to go, then why can't we still go? Because I got it. I, I mean, let's, let's go. I'm just saying for me, it's going to be different. Now, I'm going to welcome it because it's going to be the first. I'm going to be a little odd. I'm going to be a little awkward. But you know what? I think the man in me is going to be like, yo, you say you got it. Cool. doesn't make me less of a man. But if this is what you want to do, um, let's do it. Let's go for it. I would be as long as it's within her budget too, though. I would got my money, guys. So she can't be just trying to do it. We spend two, three hundred dollars today, and then next week she's broke. Right, right. See, I would probably be like, okay, Cherry wants to take us out to eat. Cool, but I'm buying the drinks because you ain't gonna be able to afford my drink. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna let you pay for my drinks now. That's how we end the friendship. <laughs> I mean, for me, I've I've always lived on a budget as well. And a lot of people are shocked when I say like my budget in my 20s and my 30s, I gave myself $2,500 a month. Mm. And that's pretty Mm. much what I lived off of probably for like 20 years. Wow. I have a a daughter. It's a little bit more, but not much more. I think she has like an extra $500 a month. And that's what I live off of. That's how I can be an actress (laughs) <laughs> who hasn't worked every day in 20 years and can still live comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. You know, I set aside about 20% of my income. I give 10%. So I live off of 60% of my income. Um, I invest, save, uh, and, and give away li- nearly 40% um, of my money. And so um, I live way, way, way below my means. And I just think that's, that's the difference between a man who has discipline and just a little boy and a grown up man's body. You know, I could have easily said, like, yo, I'll take you and just move some things around. Because at that time when she asked me, I was just building my dream home. And so I don't have any debt. I wanted to furnish everything in my house. And so if I would have went there and spent $500, she would have took away from my bedroom or something like that. I don't know. But I was like, yo, I'm I'm saving because I was just moving in that very same month. And I was about to drop a large check to furnish my entire house without borrowing any money. And so I, I, just, I just think she missed out because she didn't, she didn't ask me what, why was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's all good, you know? I mean, so now when I do find the wife, uh, she's going to love that I told her no because my home is beautiful uh, because I, I was able to stick to my priorities, which I believe men, we struggle with that uh, sometimes. True. Let me tell you, I don't even know you like that, but I'm glad you went with that chick because I would have wanted to fight <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's just wrong. So you Yo, are. You hit me? I am. I, I am. Unfortunately, you know, I um, I was engaged about four years ago, and uh, walked away from that. An amazing young lady. She just didn't want any more kids. So, um, I say, you know what? I'm 35 years old. I would like, you know, um, a kid to leave some legacy to, and uh, she just wasn't willing to give it to me. She was 14 years older than me, so I totally understood that. Mm-hmm. And so I walked away. And so I'm just praying. Hopefully, I can find me a nice, beautiful young black woman. Uh, that I can, uh, you know, grow with and have some kids with. Well, Courtney has come up with this thing, and we do have something called Cherry's Love Line. So, ladies, <laughs> if you feel... <laughs> now, let me tell you, I'm going to scream you like he's my brother or something, okay? Yes, please do. <laughs> if you feel like you might be compatible with Mr. O'Neill, hit us up, send us some pictures, let us know about you, and we will make sure we pass it on along to him. See, yes. and, and let me say this though now and i'm older than you but back in my day day i don't know i'm listening to you tell the story about that woman i'm like intrigued by it. i'm like damn i want to know how she look i want to shit i want to i want to meet her <laughs> right she was i mean she was a beautiful yes, a beautiful was. young lady i mean respectfully saying you know she had everything that i wanted physically yeah, uh, but she just like wasn't it. there she wasn't there mentally you know, and literally when she seen me on this particular talk show, I promise you no lie, I get off of this talk show live on the air within five minutes of me getting off. She's sending me a text message saying, she's sending me a text message saying, can we get up? And uh, that was a turnoff, bro. You know, so, right. you know, I'm looking for a young lady that can rock with me and just understand that today's no is, is a yes for tomorrow. You know, I grew up right there in LA, right there in San Diego area, in Oceanside, Camp Pendleton. No, no money, living paycheck to paycheck with my family. I didn't grow up with money. And so 
Um, I want to have money. I want to be able to take my, my wife places and do what I want to do when I want to do. And my mom never had a wedding. She never had a honeymoon, never been out of the country, never had no family vacations. So when it comes to me with my money, I'm not frugal. I'm not, I'm not cheap, uh, but I am wise and I do have a budget and I do like nice things. So I just got to find the right one who can rock with me. And where do you live? I live in Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, so I just want to know so we can find a lady in the Nashville area. Man, it doesn't matter where she is. I mean, I can fly wherever. That's smart that you live down there because I got a partner just moved down there, um, him and his lady, actually. And I, the, the cost of living is, is decent. You know, you get a very yeah. – my uncle used to live down there. had a beautiful home down there, man, in Nashville, yeah. man. So beautiful place to live. Now, I yeah, am – It's beautiful. I, I did not know who you were, but I've done my research since then. And I see that you say that you tied 10% of your money, which is what most people do. I tie differently. Okay. I give my money directly to people instead of yeah. to church. Yeah. Is that still considered tithing? <laughs> From a spiritual perspective, nah, sis, that's not considered tithing. But you are giving. Uh, you know, and, uh, but, you know, from a biblical perspective, tithing goes to the local church. So the local church can provide uh, for their workers and for the community. So my perspective from a spiritual perspective is that, but are you, are you going to hell? Is Jesus looking down on you? Nah. Oh, well, He's let not. me tell you, I do much worse than that. So I But the fact that you're giving like, yo, with, with your platform, with your income, you're helping someone. I'm not mad at you, but just for my spiritual beliefs, I do, um, I do believe in just giving to the local church so that way, you know, we can help out our local community. How do you feel about the churches since and this COVID-19 stuff that's, that's had to close down, but at the same time, I understand federal law makes you close down, but they haven't been doing anything. I mean, that's their job to be there for the community. There's a lot of homeless people, and I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen, I'm, I'm in Chicago, so I see a lot of this, so. Wow. You know, you, you give, you know, you got these poor people that give everything to this church. And yeah. then finally something real happens where the church is supposed to be there, not just for a sermon, but actually supposed to be there. In a lot of cases, not all, but in a lot of cases, they haven't been there. How you feel about that? Man, if, if those churches have not been there, I'm, I'm very disappointed. You know, I go to Watson Grove here in Nashville, Tennessee. Pastor John Faison is the senior pastor, and man, every single week uh, we've been giving out groceries, we've been helping out homeless, uh, we've been trying to help wherever we can. That's why I give my tithe there. And actually, this past Sunday, I gave my 10% plus an extra 5% uh, because of the great work that we are doing. But I would definitely say I am disappointed in some of the other uh, local churches out there who are not stepping up to the plate, uh, who are not giving. Uh, and he, even some churches who are opening up their doors still right now and putting people at risk. So um, I can't speak for uh, everyone, uh, but I know my church specifically who I give my money to, uh, you know, I hold them accountable. You know, that's where I tithe. And so if you can't use my tithe correctly, I just won't be a member of that church anymore. Uh, but I'm grateful for the opportunities and the doors that they're opening and helping out the community here in Nashville and in Franklin, Tennessee. And it's been great watching that, you know, and I've been out there serving and helping as well. That's beautiful. Now, I am amazed and completely impressed by your website. I actually downloaded one of the resources about the conversations to have with your children. My daughter's a little yeah. young. She's five. But okay. I downloaded it and I'm holding it for a later date. And I was also floored. You gave me 500 pages. <laughs> Not 500 resources, but 500 pages full of scholarships yeah yeah that you can get to go to college yeah yeah i didn't even know there were that many scholarships no listen you know man right now it's crazy i mean let's look at it the average kid is going to graduate with about thirty-five thousand dollars in student loan debt just had a student i mentored yesterday she graduated with a law degree 25 years old three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars in debt you know and so her first job is making fifty four thousand dollars as a tax attorney and so I'm like, okay, you're making 54,000, but you already owe 300 plus in student loans. And so I just started seeing the math, man. I believe in education. I believe in young people being successful, but I completely disagree with student loans. And so I just wrote the book and I just say, you know what? I'm gonna help as many people, as many young people get into college uh, without debt, 
and then also help people like us who are older get out of our student loan debt quick as possible. So I just released that quick read called Destroy Your Student Loan Debt. But it's crazy, man. I mean, we're, I'm seeing young people uh, just rack up a bunch of student loan debt. I got a, I got something special. I can't say just yet, uh, but as soon as it comes out, I'm going to hit you up and let you know. We'll let to talk more about it, but it's going to be big nationally um, uh, of what we're trying to do around the student loan stuff. But I got a lot of that stuff coming. You know, I got that. I got the book called Debt-Free Degree on how your child starting in the seventh grade, if they follow that plan, they will go to college debt-free. They can go to any school they want debt-free if they follow the plan that I put in the book. So uh, check it out. Absolutely. I tried to order one. It won't be here until May 15th because there's a delay. With no, Amazon. don't. No, I'm going to send you one. I'm going to send your boy one. I'll send y'all several so y'all can give away and bless the people on your podcast. For I would love to give some stuff away for um, the students. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you've got a kid and you guys are trying to prepare for college and you said around seventh grade, right? So if they're yeah. in the sixth yeah. grade, hit us up so we can get you uh, ready for seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, do that, do that. And then I'm going to send you a case of the quick, uh, the quick read on how to get out of your student loan debt. So I'll send you two cases, one debt-free degree, that's for middle school and high school students and those parents. And then if you're 30, 40, 20 years old and you have student loan debt, I'm gonna show you how to get out of that real quick um, and fast. Real quick and fast, how beautiful is that? You also said something, and I know Courtney's our money guy, okay? So he's more okay. on a podcast than I am, but you were talking about don't use your credit cards because credit cards say, seem to be a trap and cash is king. I've heard that in the hood my whole life growing up. Cash is king. <laughs> but I did the dumb thing. You know what I'm saying? When I was young, I messed up my credit because I had these plastic cards. I didn't even know the bills had to be paid. Let me tell you, that's how dumb I was. Because I've had a financial advisor my whole life, basically paying the bills and stuff. But I forgot to tell them I got these credit cards. And I was <laughs> swiping. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that got, you know, $35,000 in debt there in California, $15,000 in credit card debt, took out $10,000 in furniture, and then took out another $10,000 in student loans when I didn't even need it. And so um, went online to pledge a particular fraternity. Unfortunately, we participated in hazing, got kicked out of school. Um, when I got kicked out of school, I lost my job and my parents were disappointed. And so they kicked me out of the house and said, hey, you need to, you know, go man up and live with your consequences. And so at 19, within one year of me graduating high school, I'm $35,000 in student loan debt, homeless, sleeping in the back of my car. And I, I started pointing fingers at everyone, but I quickly realized that I jacked myself up financially. And so studies show that nearly 98% of the people who get a credit card say they're getting it for an emergency are they going to pay it off every month? But they do not. And it just racks up so much debt, so much interest. And so I remember when I got out of debt, I, I'm sitting with a lot of money in my savings account. I go to apply for an apartment and they decline me. And I had enough money in my savings account to go ahead and pay for the full contract of whatever it was. And it quickly showed me that having an 800 credit score doesn't mean you're successful with money. It just means that you're good with paying back debt. What really makes you successful is how much money do you have saved? How much money do you have do you have invested? Um, what does your portfolio look like? And how much debt do you have? And so my philosophy is cash is king. Um, I, I want a lot of savings. I want a lot of investing. Right now, my goal is to pay off my house with them by next year. That'll bring my net worth up. And I'm just going to start investing everything cash only. So a credit to me is I love debt score. And cash to me is that's going to allow me to leave a legacy. I can't leave an 800 credit score to my kids, but I can leave land. I can leave money. I can leave houses. I can leave a business. Uh, but that three-digit credit score means nothing. Mm. Uh, I got a question. Um, yeah. So when I bought my first crib, the lady, um, I was young, I forgot how old, but she was explaining to me, um, you need to take all your bills that you that you're paying, and I, and I didn't have major bills, but she said take all your bills that you're having, and you put it all on the credit card, and you pay that credit card off, but not completely off. Pay it mm -hmm. and leave like you know three hundred dollars on there a month, but don't pay it off, and do that for two or three, do that for two months, and I'll get you approved for the house. 
so I didn't change anything. I didn't get more money, save anything else, but I was approved for, you know, a house in Chicago. And I was like, wow. It's like, so is this look like, it was like, wow, this is all the game. You know what I mean? So it's like, you don't really care. It's, a, it's, a, it's, just, it's just a numbers game. But you said you don't believe in credit cards at all. Well, here's my thing. 78% of us live in paycheck to paycheck, you know, bottom line. As far as in we're living, we don't have $400 in our bank account uh, for an emergency. I mean, right now, 26, not, yeah, 26 million people file for unemployment during this pandemic time. Um, and so when I look at people with credit cards, what I see, honestly, are good people, but people who just do not just want to do the hard thing, just pay cash for it. A lot of people say, hey, pay it off at the end of the month, get the airline miles. Well, I got enough cash, I can buy my own airline miles, okay? I don't need any airline miles. Um, set this up, keep it below 30%, keep your credit score good. But a credit score is only good if you want to stay in debt. Me personally, I want to own everything that I have. I don't want BBNT or Citibank owning my, my, my cars. I don't want Wells Fargo owning my house every single day. Think about it. Um, Wells Fargo is a family last name. Rolls Royce is a family's last name. So we're taking from our family, giving it to another family, financing their legacy, financing their future, paying interest on and giving them money and taking away from our families. And we're going home, we look good because we finance from another family, but we can't even really enjoy our lives because we're living paycheck to paycheck. So my thing is, I don't have a problem with someone else, another family succeeding, but I'm gonna make sure my family succeeds first. I'm gonna make sure I got six figures in my bank account. I'm gonna make sure that I have land, not just homes. You know, we, there, we can't build any more land. We can continue building houses, but I'm purchasing land for my kids' cash outright. So that way, it's theirs. So my philosophy on credit is, you only rock with credit if you want to stay in debt. Me, I want to build wealth, and I want to build a legacy. So I avoid that. And so the only thing I'm missing out on is, is war points and airline miles. I'm good. I can buy that myself. Well, I got to ask, let me follow up on that question. The, the American dollar is not worth a damn anymore. <laughs> um, you, if you remember, basically, I don't know, I'm sure my numbers are off, but for each dollar was supposed to be so much gold. I think it was, is that how it's supposed to be? But now they're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. now they're just printing money. All this stimulus shit, they're devaluing the dollar. So yeah. your way is the way my mom and my grandfather, I remember my mom told me, you want to buy a house, you got to save up 10, 20%. Remember, save right. 20% of money, buy a house. Right. They don't even stress that anymore. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm. they, they, they do the numbers game. With the with the value of a dollar, not with the with money not even being worth anything now, does it is it is it pointless to even save cash now? It's almost better to have a credit because if the dollar's nah. not worth anything, now nah, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to have? Like, I'm gonna have to respectfully disagree with you, bro. Because here's the thing: okay. when we look at the facts, the, the dollar depreciates two percent a year. All right, so let's just be real. It goes down 2% a year. It's okay. still worth something because if it wasn't worth anything, we couldn't go out there and, and buy something. And here's why I say debt, debt, no, cash, yes. My mentor, Dave Ramsey, right now owns his own business, owns it. We're sitting with a lot, millions and millions of dollars in our savings account. They're estimated that nearly 30% of companies will not reopen because they cannot afford to because they were saddled with debt and they couldn't pay the bills. Oh. Our company didn't skip a beat and we're not stressed because we have nothing, we own everything. We own this building, which is worth $50 million on, and we're building another building for more employees. So when everyone else is looking for these stimulus checks and these uh, government checks to help out, we're sitting here cruising and still moving forward, still bringing in income because we have no liability over our head. The only thing we got to worry about is to still produce an income, not paying any major mandatory bills because we didn't sign any loans. So cash is still king. You know, we're still moving. We're still building. And so, yes, will the dollar depreciate every year? It goes down 2% a year. I'm not tripping about that. That's why I'm investing. That's why I have compound interest working for me. Uh, but credit, it, 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 it disappoints me when people say credit works, but credit Dude, I was with a young lady the other day. Um, her mom co-signed. Her mom, who is 82 years old, co-signed on a BMW 
because she has 813 credit score, but she doesn't even have $1,000 in her savings account. And she makes $900 off of Social Security, but they still approved her because her credit score was good so she can give her daughter a car when her daughter only makes $1,300 a month. So a credit score does not mean that you're winning financially. It just simply means you know how to pay your bills and your debt back on time. And so um, for me, I'd rather have a zero credit score and have a lot of money in my savings account. When I went to get my mortgage, I didn't have a credit score. I didn't, you know? And so it was like, well, we need to do a manual underwrite. We need to look at your rent. We need to look at your savings account. We need to look at your investment portfolio. I said, cool. I mean, within a matter of like not even two hours, they called me back and they say, you're approved, man. They approved me for way more than what I wanted to build at the time. Um, but there's ways to get around it um, easily. But is, am I, is it going to be fun up front? No, but it's so much freedom because I get to choose what I want to do with my money and, and when I want to do it and how I want to do it. And I actually save a lot. I just bought my, my second dream car um, a few months ago. And when I walked in there, a young black brother with cash, they was like, wow, how did you do this? What are you doing? Uh, it just took time and investment. I just want to ask for my, my last follow-up. My, I, I always, I've been around street guys and hustlers, and they yeah. always told me in business, never spend your money, spend their money. <laughs> and that's the way I've always looked at things. Do you agree and- with that? No, no, because here's the thing. If I spend your money, if you finance my dreams, if you finance my business, if you finance my car and something happens to my money and I can't pay you back, that's your dream now. That's your car now. That's yours. It's not mine. And so I would never want to put my dreams, my hard work into the hands of someone else. I did it before, but now I'd rather wait three years to purchase my car outright cash that it, and it's mine than to ask you to finance my car and then it's yours and I'm paying you back. You have the title to my car. And so I, I'm not with that anymore. I, I have no problem delaying gratification so I can pay cash. That, for and I did that. I'm 35 years old. So the, that's so what I was going to say to you. You, you said, I've never financed a car. I've never leased a car. I've always paid for my car's cash. And people would make fun of me because like I was a little girl on TV and I was driving this Toyota Camry. And I was like, yeah, but I paid for my car. Yeah. And they kept saying, well, when are you going to get a Mercedes or when are you going to? I was like, I'm not. I drove. I always said, I'm going to drive this car to the wheels fall off. I actually drove it for 13 years and the door fell off. <laughs> <laughs> and then I bought another sensible car, yeah, yeah. you know, and people are all, they make fun of me all the time because they expect to see me in a Porsche or something. And I pull yeah, yeah. up in a truck. I'm a mom. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, you, and I'm not judging the young lady at all, but you just said that her mama put her credit down because she got an 800, you know where I'm going, Courtney, um, 800 something score. And the daughter makes $1,300 a month, but she bought a BMW. So her lease has to be, or even if it's not a lease and she's buying, her payments have to be at least $550 a month. It was 872. A month? Yes. A month. I'm not judging you, sister. They didn't, they didn't even ask her for proof of income. They didn't ask her for a job. They didn't, they didn't ask for nothing because the credit score, I mean, we all know this. If your credit score is above a 780, you ain't got to prove nothing. You just walk in there and you get it. The only thing you got to prove when it comes to a 780 credit score or higher is for a mortgage. But when okay. you want to go in there and get a credit card, if you want to get uh, finance a computer, or if you want to get a car, you just got to have that score and no proof of income. You just got to show them, yo, I'm good at paying back my debt. But that leaves this child with like $500 for the rest of the month. She's going to have to buy gas. Okay. I'm going to take a hundred dollars away. Insurance. She's going to have to buy car insurance. Okay. Yep. Any kind of maintenance that has to, yep. to be done. Now the child got $250. The last for the month. No, you say child. This this woman was thirty five years old, so she has a life. <laughs> this ain't just no child. This is a grown woman who asked her asked her mother to finance this car. 
And her mother technically is her grandmother. She calls her her mother because her grandmother raised her. But it's like still, man, it's it's and that's the norm. In my business, what I'm seeing every single day are are people living way above their means so they can look good for people like you, people like me, for people who they don't even know, for the gram, for for just whoever they pull up next to. And it's for me. I just bought my car. I was driving a 2010 Acura TL with 200,000 miles on it. I built my home before I went and got a car. I saved up six months of my savings before I built my home. You know, I made sure that my portfolio was good for investing before I even started building my home. And so I just think our, our philosophy is off because the world is teaching us, yo, go to school, get education, get a good job, get 401k with good benefits and keep your credit score at 800 and do you do that by keeping three trade lines and keep them below 30% of what's on there, which no one's saying, yo, go to school or maybe go start a business. Or like, yo, you can actually buy a house at the age of 21, 22. You can actually start investing at 18 and be a multimillionaire before you're even 45, 50 years old. You know what, instead of doing a credit card route, do everything cash, delay your gratification. I wish somebody would have gave me all the options, not just one because I would have been further along my journey if someone would have said, hey, avoid debt, stack your cash, invest your money. And I have a lot of young people in my organization right now. I have about 1,200 young people in my organization that's been through it. Didn't borrow a dime from college. All of them graduate with about five to $10,000 in their savings account from college. All of them have a good job now. And all of them are investing to a 401k and a Roth IRA at the age of 20, and some of them are crossing over to their 30s. I met with my young lady who graduated my program years ago. Right now, her and her husband have about $532,000 in their investment portfolio because they started early. I know a lot of young people who have a 700 credit score, but don't even have $10,000 in their savings or in their investments. So my philosophy is let's build a legacy and you build a legacy by self-discipline, by stacking your cash and investing. Don't worry about a three-digit credit score. Get your savings accounts looking like your phone number. That's How do you feel about life. 401ks and personal saving plans and all that kind of stuff? I love them, man. You know, I always tell people, invest 15% of your income. That's, that's my philosophy. Uh, put uh, everything into the 401k up into what they match. So if they match 3%, you put 3% of your money in there, and then you flip it over, flip, flip the rest over into like a Roth IRA, invest it into a growth stock mutual fund. Um, I'm always telling people park your emergency funds online or in a money market account. Uh, my preference is online so that way you can get that 2% interest rate. So that way, since the value does go down every year about 2%, if you're getting 2% interest on your savings, then that means you're going to just come out even on what that, that dollar is worth. If you're invested into a growth stock mutual fund over our report period of 30, 40 years, we're seeing anywhere between 8 and 11% on your return. So if you just do $100 at the age of 18 up until, you know, 45, 55 years old, man, that's anywhere from 1.1 to $1.5 million. So um, I'm very big on investing. And that's just one thing I'm always telling college students and young people, millennials, that if you can invest early on, if you can get out of debt and just go hard in, at investing, you can retire early. Because I don't believe retirement is an age. Retirement is just a number. What's that number you want to live off of a month? Once mm -hmm. you get there, go enjoy your life. I agree. What is the best financial advice you've ever gotten? The best financial advice that I've ever gotten was from Mark Cuban, one of my mentors. Hey. Um, and he told me, um, uh, live way below your means and learn to learn. And I was like, well, what does learn to learn have to do with money? He was like, because every single day, if you're learning how to learn more, that means you're growing. And my philosophy is to mind your business because our mind is our business. It's our number one asset. So if I'm learning every single day and growing this business, I'm always going to make money. Money is not going to be an issue. And I'm just going to live way below my means, invest, stack my money, and save. That's just one big thing I'm, I'm picking up right now, which was another one of my mentors said is, hey, a lot of people are buying houses but we can continue by building houses. Go buy you some land. Go go to an auction, get you some land. And so that way you sit on it for a little bit, somebody's gonna wanna come build something on it and they are gonna give you a lot more money for it. And so uh, the key thing for me is live way below my means, stay away from debt, 
invest as much as I possibly can um, and learn how to learn. I love hearing you say that. I've been made fun of a lot by Black people, of course, because I'm not flashy. I don't really wear jewelry. You know, I got one ring and some $2 earrings most of the time. And they're always like, why aren't you driving this? What? I was taught the best financial advice I ever got was from my uncle. My uncle is white. My uncle told me you live in the best house that you can live in and you drive mm. a dependable car. You wow. don't have to have the new TVs. You don't have to have all the electronics and all the gadgets. Pay for your house. Once you pay your house down, you might outgrow it, sell it, and buy another one, but buy the mm. best house on the street. <laughs> and that's what I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Courtney, what is your best uh, financial advice you've ever gotten? <laughs> well, uh, create you an LLC, start you a business, try to make some money off that business. If it don't make no money, just bankrupt the company and start over. <laughs> he, 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 he's no longer here. That's what Trump does. That, exactly. Hey, I told you hey, some people I was around, man. <laughs> hey, man, start you a business, get another one. I understand. Yo, listen, man. And number one, I believe entrepreneurship, especially for African-Americans, um, is the key to, to freedom. And so I'm rooting for everybody uh, to, to get a business, man, because I believe that's key. That's very key. One of my mentors, she's, um, she owns a cupcake collection here, and she says that, like, I believe entrepreneurship is the key to freedom for us, ownership. We own something. And so she only hires African-Americans, which I love all people. I, have, I, I work with nothing but um, Caucasian people, and I love them dearly, uh, but I do believe entrepreneurship is key. So uh, I can rock with, with your advice, man. I don't know about the bankruptcy part, but I can definitely rock with start a business. <laughs> but they were really, they were really keen on don't spend your money, man. Keep your money saved away. My other uncle said, dig a hole in the ground, put your money in the ground, spend their money. Don't ever spend yeah. your money. He, he that's that Robert money. Kiyosaki uh, advice. You know, that's that Robert Kiyosaki advice. And I get it. Rich dad, poor dad. Um, I get it. But that's just my philosophy is a little different, man. I rock with, I rock with Dave Ramsey on, on his advice. Gotcha. I love it. Can you tell everybody how to find you? Um, you're also got a lot of speaking engagements going on. So what is your website where people can find out everything that's going on with Mr. Anthony O'Neill? Yeah, you can see my schedule, anthonyoneal.com. Uh, you can connect with me on IG as well. Um, I keep that updated. Um, always dropping my perspective on finances and everything around money, millennials, and and me um, at Anthony O'Neill. Uh, but a lot of great things. We're traveling around the world, uh, just teaching um, smart money, financial peace live. Um, and I would definitely encourage check come check it out, uh, learn something, and I promise you it would it will impact you. It, will, it definitely will. You're coming towards me, and I hope if I'm in town and I'm not working in LA, I will be there. Yo, please, you come in. Courtney, where, Courtney you got to come too, bro. For yeah, real. You, if you, when you come to Chicago, man, or anywhere around there, I will come. I got to ask you a question about this. I was always told this too. This was not really financial advice, but they said never let a, um, what, a travesty go to waste. So is it? Yes. have you found a way to make money off of this COVID-19 stuff? Is it other than making, you know, bootleg masks or anything? That's the only thing people have been talking to me about. What's man, the you know, my... My philosophy is if you don't come out of this stronger, you deserve to go back through another tragedy. A tragedy. Mm -hmm. Because when we really studied the past, a lot of millionaires and billionaires today were made during the last recession. Mm -hmm. uh, my mentor, Dave Ramsey, he made nearly $400 million um, during the last recession because he just took advantage of the house, house market because he had cash at the time. So he just bought some cash and over a period of years. This man stacked up on money. So for me, yeah, I learned a lot during this recession. Um, I actually learned a lot about technology, man. Uh, I was out. I was always out there on the road. I actually now have been booked online to preach at churches, to do money seminars online in front of hundreds and thousands of people for churches, for organizations, for the same amount of money <laughs> that they were going to pay me to speak on the stage. So I'm like, I've been slipping. I can actually make money literally online. So I'm telling you, man, I, I, I've learned a lot. Um, but I think the greatest thing for me, too, that I've learned that really wasn't money, bro, was just something about me. Um, I wasn't a patient guy. 
and this taught me patience. And um, I, I had to really sit myself down and really teach myself how to be a patient um, and, and, and sit still guy and trust my team more, rely on my team more. Um, so I'm coming out of this with so, so much wisdom and knowledge that I'm going to make more money in the fall than I probably would have ever made this year uh, because of the, just sitting still and just learning and gleaning from, from certain mentors of mine. So uh, I'm pretty pumped. I'm grateful that it happened. It sucks, but hey, I'm coming out of this thing, Sean. You talked about the housing market falling and somebody investing. What do you think is going to happen to our housing market after this since like 80% of people are unemployed? Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to uh, drop too much, honestly. I was talking to my mentor about that. I mean, the interest rates are low. Um, housing is, is the prices of houses out here are going down a little bit, uh, but it's, it's not. I don't think it's going to drop tremendously. Here in Tennessee, we're opening up on Monday. You know, 50% of our business are open up on Monday. And then come the first of the month, um, a lot of our business will be back up and running. So uh, we know that recession is two consecutive quarters. So um, this quarter is going to end, of course, negative. Uh, but I don't think that we're going to get to Q, Q3, Q, Q3. So I think we'll be all right, honestly. Let, really me, let me ask you this. Um, I just I was just talking to my mom about this. We really, I know the uh, the job ratings and all that kind of stuff they, that went down. But he actually, what what Trump and the government did, they actually put us on pause. Like I think what March, so they actually put us on pause. So we kind of, it's kind of like a false economy right now. If you ask yes. me, my thing is when things might really hit the fan, is when we fully open up mm-hmm. and. Thinks he thinks you're gonna just snap like turn a light on. We're back to like we're back to January. I don't think it's gonna go that way. I think once you once we once he says everything is back to normal, and people are still like I ain't going back outside. I don't want to go to this sports bar and stuff like that. And then these sports bars have to close. Sports bars have to close down and stuff. Yeah, I think that's when we could go back into a real depression. You know. Depression, I can't agree or disagree with you on that part, but I look at it like this. Key thing you said was pause. If you have a big tractor truck, just stop, like just come to a complete pause. When you tell it to go, it cannot go back to the speed of whatever it was at. It's going to take a while for that thing to get back to that speed. So I believe that's how our economy is going to go. I do, I, I do agree with you, though, from the perspective of I'm curious to see what happens when we all do get back around each other. We will catch some more cases. Uh, we, will, we will really see what's going on. Um, so I'm telling people to be safe. But when it comes to the economy, here's what's funny. The economy online hasn't slowed down. True. Like people are still buying yes. <laughs> like a, left yeah. and right, yeah. which is still is, is scaring me because I'm like, how did 26 million people file for unemployment? So when I dug in deep, we still have 80% of the people though in America still working. Yeah. So this is nearly about 20, 25%, I think it was, that do not have a job. But nearly 80% of us are still working and they're still spending checks. Think about it. They're still working, still have their income. They just got their stimulus check. One family who I know, uh, made less than 150 as a couple, but got a stimulus check for $3,900 because for them, their husband, <laughs> and their kids. And they spent all of that on some clothes online. Oh, that's so So, so I don't think the economy is going to hurt too bad because the majority of the people in America are still working. But it's not going to just bounce back like it was in January. It's not going to do that. Um, I think it'll be probably Q4 before we see the economy really starting to get back strong and, and really truly January of 2021. That's my, that's my gut, but I could be wrong, you know? Yeah. I, I'm not that optimistic about it. And I, you know, I'm used to Cherry to tell you, I think negative a lot, but I just don't see how you can, if you, the restaurants, the restaurant and the hotel business is a key, a key factor to the economy. People are not going to be rushing out to, they said Disney world might not be, open back up to, January or February of 2021, they said it could happen. I but mean, the crazy people 
thing to me, Courtney, is people are still ordering food. They're still yes. eating out. Like it's yes. not, <laughs> I don't want anybody cooking me anything. They Would brought you? my groceries last week, Courtney, when we got off, they brought my groceries at seven o'clock. I was not done putting away groceries until 9.30 because I literally was cleaning off every single thing. Are you serious? Every lemon that came in this house went in the sink. Every bag I was squirting down. I was cleaning everything. I don't want nobody. So you think like that. Are you going to be in a rush to go to a restaurant next month? Are no. You- no. I, got- I already know she ain't. The way she talking, nah. <laughs> My business partner, I had an anxiety attack yesterday because she was like, I was like, where are you going? She's like, girl, I'm going to pick up dinner. From where? Why? (laughs) Cook. You know, see, I'm a single man, so I ain't gonna lie. I've been out there getting me some Uber Eats, Pizza Hut. I ain't gonna sit here and lie, you know? Now I got some groceries. I love cooking, but I'm like, I mean. Oh, the COVID ain't in the kitchen. Yo, man, listen. I just think we're going to see a lot of abandoned buildings and a lot of abandoned restaurants where we're going to say that used to be Hooters. That used to be that sports bar. That's true. We're going to see a lot of abandoned businesses, bro. And and unfortunately, a lot of churches. Some churches have already closed. Already closed. But it goes back to, according to what I was saying, they ain't had no bread, bro. They had a good credit score. They, they had, had no brand. Good business account, but they had no bread. Come back had, full if circle. If they had bread for three to six months of expenses, they will be straight right now. Mm-hmm. So They'll be straight. But now they got that 800 credit score, though. <laughs> he who did not spend a stimulus check, get your grandma to go get a low interest rate so you can buy one of them abandoned buildings and just <laughs> hold it. <laughs> Until somebody wants to come and buy from you, right, rebuild right now, man, millionaires from. are being made. Right now, millionaires are being made. People who are financially secure and ready are going to be buying buildings. My mentor, your Mark Cubans, your millionaires—they are about to. They will become richer because they just got the bread sitting there, ready to buy, and they're not waiting for somebody else's money. They got the money, and honestly. I won't say what I did, but I took advantage of this of this situation uh, because I had breads in an account, and as soon as something came available, I literally jumped on an ASAP, and I and I felt bad, but I'm like, hey, I had the money, I just took advantage of the situation, and um, it's 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 going to pay off. It may not pay off in my time, but it would definitely pay off in my kids' time. This is my last question, two part question. Uh, do you look at yourself as being a progressive? person or conservative as far as like um spending and investments i'm a little bit of both man uh probably more so on the progressive side because i do um i do invest uh very progressive i do i do allow a little bit of a little bit more edgy um uh, because of my age i got time and i have a little bit of resources there Um, i am conservative uh when it comes to my spending for an example uh like my sister said you know I, i built a nice house I just got a new car, but you know, I don't have anything name brand, man. Outside of that, I don't wear the Gucci, the Louis Vuitton stuff. I don't, yeah, do I. I don't do that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a chill guy. I have a nice car. I got a beautiful home. Um, because honestly, I'm gonna be real with y'all. I, I don't want, I don't want my marriage and my family to go through what I see my mom and dad and what I went through as a child. I had to put tape on the bottom of my shoes man and set in california because my family couldn't afford to buy me shoes so i'm conservative when it comes to my spending i'll put it in my budget once it's in my budget i'm gonna spend it like crazy but if it's not in my budget nine times out of ten i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spend for it and if i can't buy something twice i don't buy it at nice all. that's now that's some good that's some good advice i'll take with me last part to that question the cherry's all your how do you feel about the stock market especially now Oh man, stock market is is it's it's how I say this it's it's Walmart, bro. It's it's the dollar store. It's it's on discount. So um, I'm telling people to take advantage of it. Get on the phone with a financial advisor um, if you're out of debt and just going ahead because you're buying them for cheap. And so right now, if you can get into that, I'm always saying look into a growth stock mutual fund. Buy several companies. Don't just buy one. 
by several companies in a growth stock. And man, it's going to bless you in the next 12 to 18 months. You're going to be excited. Um, I was actually on the Dave Ramsey show today, taking over for him. And the young lady called in, she was like 60 years old and she took advantage back in 2008. And uh, her, her mutual fund, her Roth IRA was worth about $1.8 million oh, wow. because she just took advantage and just kept investing and investing and investing. So man, like I'm loving the stock market right now when it comes to investing wisely. So really? I have a financial advisor for myself and I'm a money expert guy, but um, I still, I still trust somebody else to advise me on what to invest in. That's so, why I don't think I would be a millionaire because I don't trust that stock market at all. I, I, come on, bro. I you have, don't do, you don't have any growth stocks or nothing like that? I got a 401k. <laughs> I have a, get you a Roth IRA. So for somebody who's not versed in Roth IRAs, I am my um, accountant. And you see the look on my face? Had one since I was seven. I don't know who starts a Roth IRA for a seven-year-old, but whatever. Um, right. Yeah, especially when you can't like I can't touch it or you get that major penalty. But yep. um, <laughs> how much do you need to start investing? Is it five hundred dollars? Is it a thousand dollars? What would you advise somebody? Man, you know, I always tell um, I tell eighteen year olds, nineteen year olds, put a hundred dollars in there. You know, you really don't need much. Uh, put a hundred dollars in there, and you and you're good. If you do, if you're eighteen. And let's just say all you did was just put $100 in there from 18 and for 40 years. What's that? 28, 38, 48, 58. Until you're 58, that's $1.2 million easy. Just off of $100 at 18. What about people in their 40s? Because that's our age. Yeah, you, yeah that's you know our age. So, so for people our age, I'm saying Roth IRA. Let's just say if you have someone in their 60s, still get a Roth IRA, but talk to a financial advisor because there are some back doors to where you can invest more into it. Um, and so that's what I would recommend. Start there. But there are, there are several different things. I would recommend for anyone in their 40s and 50s who's looking to retire, get this book called Retire Inspired. The, um, the author is called Chris Hogan. And this book will bless you. It's, it's specifically written for someone 40 years and older. And if you're younger listening to this podcast, you're just going to gain a lot of wisdom ahead of time. Um, but he literally shows you how to get your investments up to where you can retire by retirement age. But I'm huge right. on that. But I also got to say this too, because like our age, we have young kids. Here's what a lot of people, and I can say this on this show, especially African-Americans do not know, invest into a 529 for your kids. Yeah, okay. my wife got that from our kids, yes. There you go, you know what I'm saying? So that 529 is, yes. that's, that's just money sitting there, you guys. Yes. So if you, get, if you have a chick, kid, five years old, one year old, I have four nephews and one niece. As soon as they were born, as soon as they had a social security number, we opened up a 529 uh, because if you invest earlier on for those full 18 years, you're going to come away with anywhere between seventy to $100,000. And if they go in-state, that's going to take care of the college education 100% debt-free. So I'm telling people, 401k is the route we go. Roth IRA, which simply means, you know, you guys know this, you don't pay taxes on it when you pull out of it. And then a 529 for your kids. And what I love, you can start one. And if they don't use all of it, you can pass it down to the next kid or to the, to the husband and wife. So that's just my last little bit of stuff for you. This is what I left. This is why I left for my kids. Life insurance. I took. I got a great life insurance policy on myself. So when I die, they gonna be straight. <laughs> there you go. There it is. At least you got it. Before we let you go, can you do me a favor? Can you look at the camera, say your name, and say that you're on Cherry's World or whatever you would like to say? We'd appreciate it. Just give us a drop. Yo, my name is Anthony O'Neill, Ramsey personality, number one national best-selling author. Man, and I'm on the greatest show of them all. Yo, she was my high school crush. Jerry's world right here, yo. I'm so grateful, yo. Yo, keep it locked. Oh, thank you so much, sweetie. <laughs> and he gave us permission, ladies. <laughs> send us your picture. He said it don't matter where you live at, because brother man can fly anywhere he wanna go. Okay. Yo, but she gotta be beautiful though. I ain't gonna say a lot. Hey, <laughs> inside and out. Because let me tell you, he might judge your face. I'm going to be judging the insides because I want to know what you look like. I'm going to be judging the outside. I'll judge the outside, too. Yeah, so you judge the outside. Let her judge the inside. Then y'all send it to me. Yeah. If it makes it past that, we good. 
Because if, if it's just a, a free dinner or something like that, you want, sister, you ain't going. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. I might have a, I might have a say on that. <laughs> Welcome to Cherry's World. Brought to you by Less Is More Events. Get Lime. 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 When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.